Live from the Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go on a Tuesday, a fingers crossed Tuesday. We'll see how this goes. Stay calm. Just stay calm. Hoping not to have a heart attack on the air. Adam Candy is here. I had a lot of meat today, Candy. A lot of meat. 21 pounds of meat. A lot of meat. We'll get into that in a couple minutes. Yes. We got coaches getting hired and fired and extended all over the place. Uh, we do have to continue with another hour of uh, New York sports talk, as we just got from Golick and Canty. Much to get to on a Tuesday. Nova Home Loans Studios in just a little bit. Our national football insider from Pro Football Talk, Miles Simmons. We got UNLV football and basketball to get to, VGK as well. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. So my body's fighting it right now, Candy. It's really fighting. I generally will drink a pot of coffee in the morning so that when I come on at 2 or 3, I'm bouncing off the walls. But I counteracted that today. The folks at the Las Vegas Bowl, by the way, we're going to talk to John Sassanti, who knows uh, the way to a sports radio talk show's heart is through his fat stomach. So we were treated to a lovely meal at uh, one of the local Brazilian barbecue joints. Boy, oh boy, did I overdo it. Uh, lunch with the unlimited meats is interesting. I haven't done it before. I'm feeling it. Wait, this was your first Brazilian steakhouse experience? No, it's my first for lunch. I don't think I've ever gone before 4 o'clock in the afternoon when you roll in there at 12.33 and all of a sudden the hyper-aggressive dudes with the knives and the skewers are just throwing meat all over your face. It was an experience. Yeah, three times fast. I know. Um, it was an experience, and, and it it took discipline, and I didn't have any. Oh, no, no, no. No, listen. There's no discipline to going to a Brazilian steakhouse. The only discipline that it requires is staying away from the salad bar. Because nobody said, let's go to one of these places to make sure we get enough greens. No. Your goal is to make sure you don't fill up on all that stuff so that when the gauchos come by and they say, would you like a little bit more picanha? You say, yes, sir, I would. Well, guess what I started the mail out with? You rookie. Are you eating steak right now? What is going on? I hear lips. Like, Look at Ari. He's like, what's going on? Ari's hungry. What is happening? Are you eating peanut butter? Peanut butter crackers? What's happening? Well, well, now I'm just accentuating it for you. You are a little Because this is great radio. I I actually was goaded into the salad bar multiple times. John Sassenti, the head of the... Goaded into? I was! I, I walked in and Sassenti's like, hey, go load up. Go load up on a salad bar. You know, get ready. The meat's coming out. And I'm like, eh, bruh, that's against the rules. Like, I know. Like, what Candy just said is absolutely my approach i'm not doing salad and then i was like well you know i am over 50 and sometimes you know you get a little clogged up i'm like maybe a little salad will grease the skids and uh and then i went up there and i'm like my god there's a good selection here so yes i started a base of greens but then they also had sliced meats up there the little uh prosciutto um so i i i set up the base i think the base got too big and then the meat was on and i lost control and I just drove around town for the last hour. I should have walked actually from near the strip over to Nova Home Loans. I would have been here, I don't know, who knows, you know, 10 o'clock tonight. I needed to walk it off. I did not. I have had this image of you as someone I look up to in this business for the very long time. And, and, and you're shattering all the myths. Like, never meet your heroes when you find out things like Steve Cofield doesn't know how to manage himself at a Brazilian steakhouse. These are rookie mistakes. I don't care who tells you to go to the salad bar. You walk in there and you say, sir, madam, I have a plan. And that plan includes getting fat on meat today. It doesn't include getting fat on salad. It includes me taking every piece of that cow, every piece of that pig, and giving it a home in my belly. And if you go over to the salad bar, you're setting a base of false expectations and shattered dreams. Now, if folks are listening and they're like, why are they talking about this? First of all, this is what we do. Secondly, I slapped together a rundown, as we often do, and I had certain things in mind, and then I sat in 
the chair, reinforced, of course, after that meal. And I hear Golik and Canty talking about the Jets for like the ninth straight show right into our show. I'm like, I can't do this to the Vegas audience again. I said it last night before the game. It's bad enough we get the giant, the G damn Giants on Monday Night Football again. But then we got to listen to people breaking the game down. And I know some stuff happened today with the Giants with Jason Garrett. And you are a Giants fan. And I wanted to give you a couple of minutes, but I don't. I mean, go ahead. I don't know if I can tolerate this. The New York football overload on national radio. Stop. Please. Let me tell you how I'm feeling about the firing of Jason Garrett with an interpretive use of my hands. The clapper is gone, baby. The clapper is gone. Yes, yes. Later, Jay. Uh, look, <laughs> the uh, the Jason Garrett firing is hopefully just the beginning with the New York Giants because anybody who was forced to watch that game last night, I'm so sorry. I didn't even make it through the entire thing because the Giants are so impossible to watch. Even though they have three wins, even when they win, they're horrible to watch. Um, this is just the beginning. Jason Garrett's offense has been awful. Uh, he was not given a lot to work with. Let's be honest about that. The Giants offensive line has been terrible the entire time Jason Garrett was in New York. But that being said, you know what this is going to bring about, Steve? And this will be something where we don't have to talk about New York sports at all. Cleveland sports. Are you ready? Ohio, are you in the house? Because Freddie Kitchens is coming back, baby. Oh, yeah. Baker might have thought he got rid of him forever, but... Freddie Kitchens is going to be the interim offensive coordinator for the Giants, and that is going to be terrible. Oh, my God. So, I don't want to sound like we're celebrating the loss of a job for anyone. Like, I'm not rooting for Jason Garrett to lose his job. But, again, what it shows is the lunacy of what's happening in the coaching ranks where – you don't want to get rid of the head coach, so there's a fall guy on the staff. So you take out a guy like Garrett. And then there's the flip side. When you're having some success, and let's go to the collegiate level, you're having some success. Someone else is knocking on the coach's door. There are rumors out there. And then you absolutely – I don't know how strong I want to get with this. So I was going to talk about dropping your pants, but I won't, I won't do that. Um, people get – just gaga crazy and I mentioned it last week with Michigan State and their coach Mel Tucker reportedly getting a 10-year extension for 95 million dollars and then of course the joke all day long yes all 4,000 of you on social media who made the same exact joke about I hope he signed the deal before the Ohio State game <laughs> right so that yeah the craziness of that deal Tucker, like a year and a half into his regime at Michigan State, now you've got a guy at Penn State where I think a lot of Penn State fans over the last, uh, I would say this year and probably last year because they didn't have a great year last year because of COVID, were like, eh, I don't know if we really, really want this guy. Now it appears that USC and LSU may have been kicking the tires, and now they're going to give him a 10-year extension. Meanwhile, on the other side of it, Candy, Harson is what? 10 games, 11 games into his career at Auburn, and I, I crap you not, today I'm reading stories, fans are losing faith in Harson. Like, he hasn't completed a year! This, like, try to wrap your head, my head, what, what is happening with the, like, year-to-year, month-to-month, week-to-week, day-to-day, hour-to-hour changes with freaking coaches, football coaches in this country, and our desire to give them 10-year deals or not even give them 10 games. College football coaches are treated like gods right up until the day that there's another one out there for you, right? right, right. There's always another one out there, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like uh, it's got a little online dating feel to it, right? Uh, I'm going to swipe left on Harson. and I'm done with this one. There's got to be another one out there, right? But then you see the one you really like, and you're like, oh, ho, ho, I got to lock this down. And James Franklin locked out. USC and LSU and Florida being open at the same time. Every agent for every college coach just bought a new house, 
a new car and a new yacht on spec on the idea that they're going to be able to get extensions for their people. Because as you just said, James Franklin has not had a great couple of years at Penn State. But James Franklin was as hot a commodity on the coaching market as there was, so he's going to get paid. Now, is he going to finish 10 years? No, because eventually we're going to get bored with it. And then you're going to get the Harson treatment. It's unreal. So the bottom line on all of this is when someone is just starting off their career, give them a freaking chance. I don't know about Joe Judge. We'll have to hash that out another time, or we'll let Candy and Golick do it on national radio with the New York football talk. Uh, but bottom line is, when they're early on, calm down, pump the brakes, and when someone else wants one of these coaches, you don't have to sign them to a 10-year deal. My God, there's always someone else out there who can coach your NFL team or your, run your college football program. Chill. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. It's unfortunate not having him, but that's my team. That's my brother. We're going to support him. Um, that's his decision, as I said way back in, in training camp when you, when you guys asked me this question. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, we're not having him, but I know he'll come back and uh, and be beneficial for us in, in the late part of the season. <laughs> Cofield and Company is on the road at the Nova Home Loan Studio. Wait, did you tag or tack on? Stephen A. Smith, or did Stephen A. Smith actually laugh at Cooper's COVID positive and the fact that he's out for now two games? No, a little creativity. He was laughing at them getting their butts whooped by the Chiefs. Oh, okay, there you go. Just want to clear that up. I want to make sure we're not misrepresenting yeah. Stephen A. Smith no, no. laughing at someone getting COVID. All right, Candy. Frankly, I'm tired of talking about athletes and others maybe even co-workers, uh, letting down their teammates by not getting vaccinated, knowing that the rules are more punitive uh, for them and that it could hurt the workplace. Well, Jerry Jones on his weekly spot in Dallas was pretty strong on this. I'll read the quote here in a second, but what do you think about Jones coming out, an owner, saying there, there is no me? You check that at the door, it's we. And without mentioning Cooper by name in that quote, he was talking about Amari Cooper. What do you think about what Jerry Jones said? If we're just going to keep this discussion on the idea of an owner speaking on vaccination and not sort of the richness of an owner of a team saying, it's not about me, it's about we, that's <laughs> fine. Let's go ahead and keep that right on the level then. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad Jerry Jones said it. Uh, they paid Amari Cooper a lot of money. Uh, they gave him the contract that the Raiders didn't want to give him. It has worked out very well for this team in a lot of ways. And now, Amari Cooper being out, you saw what it did to the Dallas offense against the Kansas City Chiefs. That was a winnable game for Dallas. They held the Chiefs to less than 20 points. And no Amari Cooper meant that no, they had no real threat outside of C.D. Lamb. And then C.D. Lamb went out. So if you're Jerry Jones, why wouldn't you be frustrated? Why wouldn't you be speaking up? and saying that we need to do this for each other because there are so few players in the NFL left who are unvaccinated that it's almost pretty easy to find out who the ones who are, who that what their identity is. And when we see that they're out for 10 days, we know immediately. Yeah, Jones said, you check me at the door in a football team. The facts are, it is a we thing when you walk into the locker room and anybody is being counted on to pull his weight. Everybody expects that. They look around at each other. They understand everybody's rights. They do. We do. Everybody understands our rights and options as it pertains to those rights. <laughs> but but can you, if you forget it's a, a we thing and how important your part is, he said, uh, you cannot win anything individually. So all of that are statements everybody has heard until they're blue in the face about the vaccination stuff. But the point is, this popped us. This did pop us. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are mad at Jerry Jones. In fact, I think there's a lot of people who normally would side with Jerry Jones. Those people will be mad at Jerry Jones now. But is he wrong? No, he's not wrong. 
not even a little bit. Jerry Jones is speaking the truth about what it means for football players, about any team, in any sport, to choose vaccination. And notice the word that I used, choose vaccination. Because yes, you do have a choice. And here's the consequence of that choice. Amari Cooper's going to miss two games. And the Dallas Cowboys are trying to fight for a bye in the playoffs, a high seed, et cetera, et cetera. And he has let them down at the worst possible time because he chose something that goes against the rest of his team. Michael Irvin said, because he was really pissed about this, is, I don't know what word to put on it, but I'm absolutely hot about it. Are you joking? I got a guy named Cedric Wilson catching passes who makes two mil. Guy named Noah Brown who makes one mil, and I got a guy who makes twenty-one million on the bench at home, not playing. It's crazy. He said our jobs as athletes to try to remove any reason for not winning a Super Bowl. You have to try to mitigate any issue that can cost you a game or a Super Bowl, and COVID is one of them. You go get vaccinated to try to mitigate it as best you can. This is a little bit weird. I'm so hot for Amari Cooper. Not being on that. I think we get what he's saying. He's mad at Amari Cooper for not getting vaccinated. Why? Do you have a problem with if it if it's the other way? He can be hot for Amari Cooper all he wants. Sure. Okay. I'm just I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Uh, Mike, I like how Michael Irvin's like, I don't know what the word is. And he's like, I'm hot about it. Like, yeah. Then he, then he wow. says, like, right. yeah. I could do my Yellowstone update. Uh, I'm, I'm hot for Rip. It's one of my favorite characters on TV. No one knows what I'm talking about. No one watches Yellowstone on the show. You guys are fools. Yeah, exactly what I am is a fool. Um, I'm, I'm just not hot for Yellowstone. So uh, <laughs> Amari Cooper being out of this look. Amari Cooper being out of this game is probably not going to be the reason the Dallas Cowboys win or lose. It sure as hell was one of the reasons that they lost against the Kansas City Chiefs, though, in a game that they really needed to have. And we talked about this prior to the season. We said maybe the way to get football players vaccinated was to make it about the team concept because no sport pitches the idea of team more than football does. And yet, here we stand with Aaron Rodgers and with Amari Cooper. And I can't believe I'm saying this name, Do it. but with Joe Flacco, yeah! also unvaccinated, also on the COVID-19 list. The Jets traded for a backup quarterback, gave up a pick. They wanted to use him in a second game, and they're like, oh, crap. Now he's a close contact. He's not vaccinated. Now we can't play him. That That is like, it's it's such a minute point in the NFL but that is so Jets you know what though I have to let's let's give Joe Flacco a little bit of credit though and I don't know that any other radio show will do this so you got this from only Cofield and company um, the reputation was always that Joe Flacco was not there for the young quarterbacks that he wasn't there to mentor that he wasn't going to help Lamar Jackson right he was never going to help Lamar Jackson he could take his job well you know what you know what Joe Flacco did he unselfishly decided be on the COVID-19 list and allow Zach Wilson a chance to get back into the game. Don't you think that that's great? Don't you think it's great that Joe Flacco said, you know what, now is my time to help a young quarterback get Zach Wilson back on the field. Are you a veteran or active duty military? Call Nova today for VA loan with no lender fees. That's $1,300 in savings. Call Dustin DeHart at 577-2600. We like to think that we're always playing with an edge and a sense of urgency. I don't think with such a, in this sport, in pro football, uh, there's so few games and every one of them is equally important. I just think because of the, such a short schedule, I, I would hope that all of our players have a real sense of urgency every Sunday when they suit up. Cofield and Company is on the road at the Nova Home Loan Studio. Greg Olson, OC for the Raiders. Miles Simmons. National football expert for PFT is with Cofield and Candy Miles. How you doing, buddy? Whoa, what an intro! Now you promoted me. That's not usually what you you say to intro me, man. That was that was some big words. National football expert. Oh my gosh! You are. You are. <laughs> okay, now, I mean, will, I'll take it. We will lower you into the muck. Is local Las Vegas football here? In starting this way. 
I love when coaches talk about a sense of urgency. Listen, Greg Olson simply asked a question about the player's sense of urgency. Can the play calling and the OC have a sense of urgency on third and fourth down, please? Oh, boy, man. Yeah, look, it's – okay, I, I, I feel kind of bad when I say this because I, I worked alongside Greg Olson, you know, covering him in two different spots, in Los Angeles and then in Oakland. They're like, good guy, right? Good dude. But there's a reason why he was an offensive coordinator who didn't call plays, right? Like, I, I think that that is kind of simple. And he's an older guy, right? It's not like he's sort of just kind of coming into this and coming into his own as a coach. Like, he's been doing this for a while. He's good at developing players. And I think that there's something to be said for that. But when you are calling plays... And obviously not all of this is his fault. And I think we, you know, heard from Derek Carr after the game about changing plays on third down, et cetera. You know, when you're at midfield and you go to a run and it's worked before and da 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 But like, and this is something that I've noticed sometimes about Derek Carr that I think is maybe a little bit of a weakness in his game. Because this brings me back, because when he said that, it, it made me think of something he said in 2019 when I was covering the team for the RJ and we're in Kansas City. They lost that game, I think, something like 40 to 9. It was a terrible game. And at one point, he'd thrown an interception over the middle to Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. And I, my assignment after that game was to go to the visitor's locker room and get something from there to get a sidebar, whatever. And I was listening to Matthew, and he said that, you know, yeah, I got that interception because I knew it was coming because of the film I'd studied, right? And I'd seen them run that play a bunch of times. I knew it was coming. And Derek Carr said after that game that they'd run the play a bunch of times and it always worked. So it was one of those things where it was, sorry, it felt automatic. And it's like, well, at a certain point, things aren't going to be automatic because if you're playing good enough defenses, they're going to understand what it is you're trying to do. And you have to counter to the counter punch, right? And I just, for whatever reason, the Raiders have not been very good at that over the last few years. And I think that's a big part of why we've seen these late season collapses in 2019, in 2020. And now it looks like the Raiders are probably headed for another one in 2021. Miles, do we make any distinction between this one and the rest of them? Because the excuses are ready made if you want them, right? The Gruden situation and the rug situation both give you ready-made excuses, and yet the way you're describing it fits a pattern with the Raiders that doesn't have anything to do with John Gruden or Henry Ruggs. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. I think that, the, like you said, the excuses are there, and I, I think that it, it would be unfair to kind of not acknowledge the fact that this team looked good in its first few games, then it lost its head coach, and one of its star offensive players you know, was involved in a fatal accident that is, you know, one of the most horrific things you can ever imagine. So, yeah, I do think that that's had an effect on the team. I think it would be, I, I think it would be a little bit absurd to say it hasn't. At the same time, because of the patterns of the past, it's not like we can completely absolve all of the players and coaches and the Raiders in general for this situation that they're in, because it's not like it doesn't follow the same pattern. But I think in some ways, things might have been accelerated by those two incidents, if that's kind of what we want to call them, right? It's, it, there's, I think that there's something to that, but I also think that it doesn't mean that it wouldn't have happened anyway. And so, Miles, we look at what's left of the rest of the season here for the Raiders, and no, it's not over, but it looks a lot dimmer than it did, and it certainly feels like Rich Passaccia probably has given up the opportunity uh, to at least make a strong, strong claim to the head coaching job, and maybe he has, maybe he hasn't, but when you look at the future and you think to yourself about the 2022 Raiders and where they're going to go whether it's coaching, whether it's GM, philosophically, what can they do to avoid being in this situation again? Oh, gosh. Well, it, it's, <laughs> it starts kind of with the head coach. I, I think we look at the Chargers, okay? And it seemed like last year the Chargers were able to do a lot of different things in spite of the fact that they had Anthony Lynn as their head coach 
and you know some of the other folks that were on that staff that seemed to just make really poor decisions when decisions needed to be made right so now you look at where they are and um, staley is aggressive you still have the young qb who's playing at a really high level they don't necessarily get down on themselves in perhaps the same way that they did before i'm not sure you know i'm not being around that team every day but there is a sort of confidence that you can see when they play that yeah you know we understand that you know the the bs might have happened in the past but we're still going to be able to go out and win this game i mean the the sunday's game against the steelers is a perfect example that thing could have snowballed completely out of control but the chargers were able to settle themselves down and you still have justin herbert and he still can wing the thing to a wide open mike uh, williams down the left sideline they end up winning the game so I, I guess it sort of starts with attitude and culture. And obviously you got to figure out what you're going to do at quarterback and what the long-term solution is going to be there since Derek Carr doesn't have any more guaranteed money on his contract. But from like the culture, the attitude, then the play calling and all of these different things and figuring out your personnel. Like I, but I, it starts with, okay, who is going to lead your organization? Can they instill a belief that the X's and O's are going to pair with the Jimmy's and Joe's and make you into an actual competitive team instead of one that's a mirage for the first few weeks of the season. Breaking down the NFL, Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk is with us. You mentioned the car contract, so let's talk Cleveland. You got Mayfield coming up here soon. Decisions need to be made. He's actually got a better team around him. What are the Browns going to do? And I also want your take on uh, Mayfield kind of being a smart aleck. I, I don't have a big problem with it, but he is asking for it when he's going after the fans who are booing him. Well, I mean, I, I just think that there's obligations and responsibilities. And when you are the starting quarterback, and even if you play a bad game, you your team won, right? So you have an obligation to fulfill your media duties after the game. And not only that, but when you are such a sourpuss that you don't shake the quarterback's hand after the game, I mean, we kind of got on Tom Brady for this for eschewing Nick Foles last year after that Thursday night game that the Buccaneers lost. Like, what are you doing? It's ridiculous. You know, like, this is what you are paid to do as a quarterback. It's a different position than everybody else, not just in football, but also in sports. You have certain responsibilities. And I think that there is, there's a lack of maturity that Mayfield showed with what he did on Sunday. And then when he's talking on Monday and it's like, oh, well, I don't have, you know, to hold myself accountable to you guys in the media. I talk to my teammates and it's this and it's that. Well, it's like, okay, you can do that. But when you don't show up for your own media responsibility, you're making these people talk for you. And that is not leadership. That's not accountability. So I think Mayfield needs to mature a little bit more. And I understand, you know, that there are times where you don't want to say something that you might regret, but that's where you take a beat. You take you know, uh, you walk down the hall as long as you need to, and then you see you count yourself to 10, and then you go into that press room for five minutes, you suck it up, you say, man, my defense did a great job today, man, I'm so thankful for Nick Chubb, and man, I know I need to get myself right and get myself healthy so that I'm not hurting this team anymore and we can win with me instead of in spite of me. So that's one thing. And I think, to sort of get back to your first question, that what he's doing right now and the way he's playing just kind of makes those dollar signs like go down 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 in the potential contract that he can receive i don't know if you're the browns how comfortable you feel giving this guy an extension right now i just don't and especially one that would you know be reset the qb market as we've tended to see from teams and quarterbacks over the last however many years right when a quarterback comes up well he's going to reset the market so that would mean that baker mayfield is going to get upwards of 40 million dollars a year the browns aren't going to give him 40 million a year i just don't see that happening that's not the way that they've done things with this regime they haven't really overpaid players and baker mayfield has not played himself into a 40 million dollar contract in fact i'd say he's played himself down to maybe something more like 30 million dollars right 25 to 30 somewhere in there if he would accept something like that, I know it wouldn't make him very happy, but that's the kind of contract that I think he should probably get. And maybe we need to start seeing, you know, a second tier of these quarterbacks. And if somebody's going to do it, it probably would be the Browns and Baker Mayfield. That to me is the kind of thing that they've got to start working on. 
Last one, Miles. We talk about the responsibilities after the game of a guy like Baker Mayfield. How about the responsibilities of Amari Cooper to his teammates, as Jerry Jones was suggesting today? Do you agree with Jerry Jones in his scathing review of Cooper being unvaxxed? And uh, beyond that, will the NFLPA now come firing at Jerry Jones and tell him to shut the hell up? Well, I think it's interesting because Jones was more saying that it's a you got to check yourself at the door and it's about the culture of me. And I think Jerry Jones was very careful to choose his words to sort of avoid something like that from the NFLPA. I mean, Michael Irvin was a little more direct and clear about the fact that he was hot over the fact um, that Amari Cooper chose to be unvaccinated. And from that aspect, I get it. You know, when you're talking about somebody who is your teammate, you know, you know what I mean. You know, like Michael Irvin used to be a football player, la 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 la. So we're thinking about it from that perspective, right? If it's your teammate and they're out all of a sudden for two games because he chose this as opposed to something that you know, or you get a shot, it's something that's been proven to be safe and effective and will not harm you, and as much as getting the virus potentially would. Um, and if you are unvaccinated, you're automatically out for two games, right? I, I think. There's something to what Jerry Jones is saying that it's kind of about the team and not just about making an individual decision that really affects everybody else that is your teammate. Um, so I don't necessarily think that the PA is going to come down or try to come down too hard on Jones for what he said, because I, I think he was just trying to emphasize being a good teammate. And really, based on the protocols that the PA agreed to with the league, they the PA was kind of saying the same thing too, which is why, you know, Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks ago was, you know, talking about, oh, the draconian rules of the unvaccinated players. It's so bad. You can't do this. You can't do that. And like, and he's saying, in my opinion, it's not based on science. Well, like nobody asked your opinion on anything science related because you don't have a degree in it. You're it's just like, you wouldn't ask Dr. Fauci about how to play quarterback, right? Like it's not the same thing. So I don't really know how much that answered your question, but that's at least the way I see it. Wow, that was quite the accent. I'm not sure exactly who that was. I guess Aaron Rodgers and one of his many insurance commercials. That was that was good. A um, couple of closing questions. Uh, will Thanksgiving be ruined by Mike Florio and PFT and your duties there? And if not, if you have to choose between Brussels sprouts and mac and cheese as a side, where are you going? Uh, okay. Uh, a, no, I actually will not be on Peacock this week, but you should definitely tune in to the uh, Thanksgiving night game between the Bills and the Saints on NBC. Mike Tirico and Drew Brees calling that one from the Superdome in New Orleans. It's sure to be a great game. Um, but uh, on the side, okay, I, I, my, mac and cheese is fine. I like mac and cheese. I'm not a hater like Matthew Judon or my mother, actually. Um, but if you get somebody who knows how to make Brussels sprouts, right, but, and, like, they're made with pork, so you got to have, they should be made in like bacon fat yep. on or something, you know, and you got to have bacon or some sort of like pancetta made with them, things like that. Then Brussels sprouts are really, really good. So I feel like Brussels sprouts have a higher ceiling than mac and cheese. So if you want the safe choice, obviously you want to go with mac and cheese because the floor on Brussels sprouts is super low, but... If you want something that's really got the potential and you know that you can coach them up the right way, yeah, you absolutely want Brussels sprouts. All right, so you are around anti-mac and cheesers, and yet you, actually, interestingly enough, are a pro stander-upper on planes. Yeah, oh, okay, here's the thing. Like, I am we, we got, we got like we got, we got like 30 seconds, so this is something we can hit on down the road, but I did see the tweet storm going on that you support standing up Ugh. once the plane is at the gate. Mm-hmm. I'm six feet tall and I want to be comfortable. And yeah, I'm uncomfortable on planes. So yeah, I'm going to stand up when it gets to the gate. There you go. Short and sweet. I, I promise. You we'll said follow. I had 30 seconds. That was beautiful. Ari, that's on the tease board for next week. Perfect. Thanks, Miles. <laughs> Take care, guys. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. We'll come back and address all of that. He's pro stand, standing up. It sounds like he's kind of anti-mac and cheese. Uh, he's very picky when it Well, I did actually like his pickiness when it came to Brussels sprouts. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. 
It's time to trust us. Presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call him today at 577-2600. All right, a lot to get into. Dustin DeHart is here. It's his office. It's his studio. Nova Home Loan Studios. Right before Thanksgiving. And listen, on this show, we could we could continue with the food talk. We'll get back to that in a little bit. But nothing gets this crew going more than traffic and growth in the area and pro sports and what it's doing positive and negative to the town. So Candy is uh, over in Henderson. I know that, Mm -hmm. right? Stop by your Christmas lights display. By the way, I have to come by. I got to drive through your neighborhood. It's a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood. Congrats on that, Candy. I I do what I can. I know. (laughs) Your your neighbor puts you to shame. It puts all of us to shame. Big fan of that area. I used to live in that area. Yeah. I know, Dustin, you're over there as well. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny. We were uh, we brought this up. There's a, There was an interesting story about the new arena, the Dollar Loan Center. center, mm-hmm. And the latest fight with the community, because they've lost every fight, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The latest fight was over the signage and when, when they can <laughs> go on and the LED lights and how much signage is too much signage and yeah. what becomes a hazard, you know, to school traffic in the morning. Yeah. What's your vibe? I'll ask you first, and then Candy. What's your vibe of what's going on? Again, this is more and more pro, and then major league sports coming to our area, and also spreading out to the burbs because yeah. we want to get to the A's potentially in Summerlin. Yeah. So, how are you feeling so far with the minor league hockey team uh, coming? It's already yeah. here playing, but you know the arena on the way. Well, at first, I you know my wife and my parents that live right by us. Uh, they were so against it and t- you know i'm like who cares it's gonna be an arena this is gonna be awesome you know and they're they're literally steve <laughs> they put like uh shoe polish on their cars and they were doing some big you know uh roundabout and protesting it all oh, really? and, you know, I was they call- got into it oh yeah they, oh, and i was man. calling them the nerds and making fun of them <laughs> and meanwhile i think they were right because yeah. dude it has not even opened yet and the traffic is already bad i don't know why like they're ripping up the streets in there for some reason but then they extended the 215 yet they could get better but it, it literally from here to my office you know in the mornings it's not so bad it takes me about 15 minutes to get and, there and uh, we're right now we're at buffalo and 215 yeah sorry buffalo on and 215 the, just on the west side so you know nor- it used to take me about 20 25 minutes to get home now it's literally like 40 minutes and it, it's just at a standstill and it's always like, is there a rack? And there's no, it's just bottleneck Yay, traffic. And, I'm, and, and there's no games yet. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I, you know, I, you know, on weekends, I'll go to Mount Charleston. And honestly, it's sometimes it's quicker to go there from my office than it is to Green Valley. And it's yeah. literally driving me crazy. And yeah, and right where the arena is at, they're ripped out the whole streets. And I keep forgetting to turn right and go to go to Valley Verde instead of Green Valley Parkway. And again, this morning I did it and I'm stuck there at that stoplight or stop sign for literally 10 minutes. She says it's one lane and you can't back out because there's already, a you know, 500 cars behind you. It's a nightmare and it's only going to get worse. It's literally going to turn into Eastern and 215, which is literally, in my opinion, the worst street in this city. If you're going to go, you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know why that road is so busy, but I feel bad for anybody that lives in Anthem or seven Hills. They have way more patience than I do in life. And God, they, they deserve a medal. To Candy, do you're read. Oh, I live right by the center center. Uh, yes. I walk my dog by that place every day. And I know exactly what Dustin's talking about because there's basically one lane available on Paseo Verde. And I can deal with it when you you got to rip up one street. Sure, uh, the price of progress. I get it. But then you basically rip up every street around it to guarantee that nobody can get anywhere at any given time. And I'm just thinking to myself, I am not a civil engineer, but I am a smart enough person to say, maybe stagger this thing a little bit if you can so that we don't all get stuck at the exact same place, the exact same time. And all I'm thinking about here are game nights when... We have either the indoor football or the Henderson Silver Knights after this thing opens. And I'm thinking to myself, from where I live, there are literally two outlets. You, it's a U-shaped yeah. thing. You can only get out one of two ways. And if you can get jammed up on both of those, you are basically going to be throwing your hands up and saying, forget it. I'm done. Yeah. Wherever I needed to go. Cofield, I can't make the show. Whatever. Don't don't worry about it. I, I'm stuck inside the uh, the Henderson hell of my traffic. 
Yeah, I I'm not joking. I've already talked to my wife about possibly moving. Like it's that bad. Like I I can't deal with it. Literally last night, Candy. You know, I normally go to the Valley Verde exit, but it was so bottleneck traffic. So I'm like, oh, let me get off on Green Valley. No. Yeah, you turn right there, and you know where the the people are coming from over the over the bridge. They because it's so bottlenecked up they got stuck in the light we couldn't even turn right and i'm like this is insane so i yeah there's no quick easy way to get home like what are you gonna do go on eastern like that's like oh that might God. be the best way yeah like i don't know how to get home anymore it's insane no and the ridiculous part here cofield yeah. is that what he just said about getting off at valley verde or green valley if you go to my mom's house she's basically off green valley and Ways will always send you to Valley Verde. Like, listen, man, you don't like you don't want to do this because the light is timed out is. in such a way that it's timed out for the people coming from the south, uh, from the north to the south. So, and if you get stuck at that light, and I've timed this out, I swear to God, have I have to timed this out. out. The yeah. light at Green Valley and Paseo Verde. If you miss it at just the wrong time, it is three and a half minutes at that light. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and you have to have a car like mine that goes really fast, and yeah. I know the tricks to make it. And yeah. there's always yep. some knucklehead right in front of you that makes me get avoid out of that. the way of the Porsche. Come on! <laughs> yeah. All right, oh, so ridiculous. as people are listening to this, they're like, "Okay, we don't care about Green Valley, Henderson. I don't live over there." All right, mm -hmm. well, how about if you live in Summerlin? Yeah, because the folks in Green Valley were like, "Hey, nice quiet community, right? You can go right up <laughs> yeah. Green Valley Parkway, really easy." Because I used to yeah. live out there in 2000. Yeah. Man, it was quiet out there. Well, I, I've lived everywhere here. I also lived of town center right mm -hmm. near Red Rock. Yep. Well, now we're here in the used corporation <laughs> wants to get on the A's game. And oh, they're boy. like, you know what? You imagine free parcel <laughs> land, major league baseball stadium, yeah. baby. So let's talk one. Do you have any clue what that piece of land could be worth out there? Whatever's remaining. And there's still a lot remaining. And it's an amazingly gigantic piece of land. Um, what could that be worth and then what the hell happens in the area of i mean from charleston and wallopi and town center and yeah. the 215 yeah that's pretty crazy i mean we stuff. have it made in green valley if that happens for summerlin yeah it's crazy well the land itself is worth millions i mean i i can't really quantify exact number but put it this way i mean summerlin's the most desirable place to live in the land's the most expensive there's a dude that owns lone depot that literally bought a plot of land, I think right under four acres. He's going to build the most expensive house in town. Just the plot of land cost him in the Summit Club $39 million. What? Under four acres. Oh so do the math. I'm pretty sure, you know, days are getting a lot more than four acres. Yeah, yeah it's worth a ton of money. So it, it, it's mind boggling. Okay, this is interesting. So Adam Hill is on the other day. He doesn't get to elaborate so much on it, but I hope I don't put words in his mouth. But he was he was kind of laughing, Candy, at the notion that the A's are going to come here. I think suggesting that the Raiders have so much power and their dislike is so deep with the A's that the A's will not be able to find a place hmm. in Las Vegas yeah. or Summerlin. I did, I don't know. I guess apparently they didn't. No one told the U.S. Corporation. So, right. Candy, what do you think of this Raiders versus A's thing? So go back and talk about the land with the Raiders stadium versus the cost of the actual stadium, because we're talking about in the ballpark of $70 million for the land across from the Mandalay Bay that they shelled out. Uh, and of course the entire cost of the project was closer to $2 billion. So really saying that we could get the land is just one little drop in the bucket toward building an actual stadium. So my question to anybody who thinks the A's are coming here is, why would the A's come here unless we're getting public money involved? And I think the legislators and the politicians have been very clear that there's not a will to do that the same way there was when you tied it to a convention center expansion and when you had a very powerful political donor who was pushing the process. So I don't even know if it's necessarily Raiders versus A's so much as it is A's versus themselves and what they can get here versus what they can get in Oakland. Yeah, that's the million dollar question. I, I still have no one's given that answer where that money's coming from, right? Because, yeah, that land's nice, but that's nothing. Governor Sislak was on the press box. It was okay. probably two weeks ago. Uh -huh. And without saying it, I mean, he kind of hemmed and hawed around it. He was basically like, there's no appetite yeah. for public money. I mean, they like, got, there's no public money here. Yeah, they got lambasted for what they did before. I mean, you know, they're going to do that again. So, I mean, is that, uh, I mean, is that some billionaire in town that comes over and I mean, but then they, they don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it all works. None of that's made sense to me. So yeah, I get it. The Raiders don't like them, but you know, at the end of the day, where's the money coming from, right? Follow the money. So here's, here's the next uh, branch on the tree of major league sports more. 
Major League Sports coming to Las Vegas. You know, we pointed out this is a market that has 2.2, 2.3 million people. There may be more people here, you know, 10, 15 years from now. Growth mm-hmm. could get it to $3 million. But you advertise, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure you're hit up all the time at Nova Home Loans from this sports organization, this one, that one, this one. That. I mean, it, one and it's like it. at yeah. some point, because I've heard from a lot of advertisers, like, we can't do everyone. The right. market is only a certain size. And then there's the consumer. How much money... Yeah, disposable income do people have to buy all these tickets and listen we saw it over the weekend on a couple of different fronts the that unlv tournament and you know involved involving uh, wichita and arizona and michigan Mm -hmm. was okay for attendance but i heard a lot of you know a lot of locals were like you know one the games were too late whatever um but you know and then the ticket prices right you were at the raiders game Mm -hmm. that was what the fifth Raiders game, home game with attendance, with you know fans there. Mm-hmm. Why were there empty seats in the I fifth know. freaking game? I mean, I it know. sold out. Yeah, I know. So does that does that create pause for all of us? Where we're like, yeah. Because what what you'll get here is you get a lot of sports personalities who want you know want to be like, oh, just keep bringing more sports. Right. Like what's what? But, like they're the, we have to talk reality. But even if you can afford it, like how many sports games can you actually go to? Right? Like, like I just get literally Steve, I gave away all my UNLV tickets to like one person. Like I'm like, I couldn't give them away. Like right. I'm trying to, and like a friend of mine came in, he's a big UNLV guy. And I'm like, you know, give me some back if I need some. He's like, no problem. Cause he was trying to figure out what games, you know what I mean? But like, you know, I have nights to, I haven't gotten to one game yet besides the, you to a nights besides game. the hundred thousand dollar chug at donation. I ha- I've basically given all those away. So a lot of it's time, too. Like, you yeah. have the money, but then yeah. where do you find the time? Exactly. And then we're talking about Major League Baseball coming here, yeah. the NBA coming here. Um, we have college know. basketball going on right now down on the Strip. Right. We have the Maui Invitational, and we've got a slew of games at T-Mobile. Yeah, and it just – and, and like, tonight, tonight's yeah. Duke uh, – Gonzaga-UCLA game will be well attended, but yeah. it's going to be by mostly fans from out of sure. town. I just, I just wonder, like, if we're squeezing to the point – where locals are like, I just, I don't have yeah, the time and I don't have the money. To and go not to, to mention it's Vegas. So it's any worldwide concert that you want to go to, to show to UFC, to box. I mean, there's just, at what point is there's just too much stuff? I, I get it. I, 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 I don't. Yeah. And it's major league baseball. Yeah, I'm concerned. You know, I, I'm selfishly, I'm an A's fan, so I'd love to see him come here. But, you know, I, I you know, I, I don't know if it works. I, I get it. Well, the other thing I've mentioned, Candy, is that, if the A's are going to be the little, you know, gritty, gutty A's for the next two years and come here yeah, with work. some 70 win team, are no. people going to come out and support them? No. No, they're absolutely not going to come out and support them. We're already seeing it with the Golden Knights. And yeah. I know that yeah, exactly. winning is not the entire reason, but yeah. yeah. I mean, you would think like the A's have the blueprint to be a championship team. I mean, it's a good organization. Know, yeah, you have. And all, imagine all, them with money and willingness to spend right, money, and you, keep, you know, spend one hundred fifty million dollars on their payroll. You know, you keep Marcus in, and we have the best. That's the best infield there is, right? You, you plug in one number one pitcher and an outfielder. I mean, that's yep. a World Series team. You know what I mean? Now, it's the worst owner in all of sports, in my opinion. I mean, you'd think if he comes here, they're going to spend more money. But who knows? I mean, it's the A's. I would say it's don't, don't, for don't come if, an A's fan. if you're not going to spend money, don't come here. Oh, because God, as Candy no. just said, oh, man, the the, the, yeah. the line is so fine for Las Vegas sports <laughs> right. fans. Yeah. And the Knights are the Knights are completely, I'm not going to say overachieving, but overcoming and massive limitations yeah. with this roster and still kicking some booty. Yeah, look at the Raiders game. You know, a couple, couple losses and, boy, a lot of empty seats in there. And like the first game I went I to, love like, I love I'll this. tell you, you know, it was like, I was like, this is the best investment we've ever made. It was the best. You were over ever. the moon. You came I was like, in. You're oh like, my god, NFL football. Like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the Raiders yeah. game. And like each game started to get a little worse, a little worse. And I looked at my life. I'm like, man, boy, we're gonna be chasing that dragon for a while because I don't know if that's ever gonna happen again. You know. Yeah, and it now, is, uh, now a, a complete rebuild smacking us right in the face. Huh? Possibly. You know? the, the Raiders' experience for local Las Vegans in a lot of ways is how I've felt <laughs> a lot of my first-time gambling experience has <laughs> right. gotten. Yeah, exactly. I've gone. Right. I, I swear, yeah. like, the, the main games, every time I played them, like right at the beginning, yeah, I won. You won, yeah. I don't yeah. know what it is. Like I the know. gambling gods. The first time I played friends you heard? roulette, yeah, they come here and they win, and then they come back and they can never do that again. They're, you know, they had that Vegas experience and it never happens again. And they keep Dustin, trying. I drive into town with a friend in '96, right? April of '96. 
He's got a job here. I drive cross country with him. I'm going to fly back home, right? I go downtown. I go to the plaza. I start playing craps, like quarter craps for like, I put down a hundred dollars. I won like 700 bucks. Now let me finish the story. Won like 700 bucks. There's a chick at the table who was hot as hell, not looks wise, but (laughs) rolling. We, I wind up hooking up with her. Yeah. I'm like, the Vegas is the yeah. greatest place ever. It's so funny. I wanted crabs. Yeah. yeah, a little success with the lady. Yeah, yeah literally. And then I, the rest of the time. Well, I mean, the SO is great. The rest yeah. of the time. Well, it hasn't been a living hell, but it just hasn't been that first night. Never going to get that. I literally, it's so funny you say that because I was just in Mexico for a chairman's club trip and a couple of, you know, loan officers there. Oh, give me some crazy Vegas stories. And then. One of the guys basically told me your exact story, but some stuff I can't tell on radio. And goes, yeah, he goes, dude, I will never. I've been trying to get that Vegas experience again. I've never come close. So uh, <laughs> that's the Raiders. That's their first game, and we're never going to get it again unless we go to the Super Bowl. So, folks, I know this time of year gets crazy. Everyone gets really busy. But if you've been thinking about, you know, upgrading. Yeah. Uh, hell, just getting out of your house because it's appreciated so much, right? Yeah. And and doing something else, right? This actually is a good time because everyone is slammed. It is. Yeah, look, it's just supply and demand. There's, you know, less supply. There's still a lot of demand. Rates have gone up, but they're still really low. You know, most publications are forecasting double-digit appreciation. We'll see. You no, know, next year, I, that's what I, you know, I, I'm leaning towards. We're going to see a good 10% next year. So you're still buying an appreciating market. You know, if you're sitting on a bunch of equity, you've got some debt. Let's get that paid off. You know, again, you know, Fannie Mae is predicting rates could be in the fours next year. So it's time to act now. It really is. 577-2600. Have a good holiday. Thank you, guys. We're coming back. we got two more hours on the way as we're about 10 minutes away from uh, talking to my nemesis today. I don't know how this guy talked me into getting salad at the Brazilian barbecue place, but John Sassanti is going to get it on this show. Trust Us is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call today at 577-2600 to learn how to purchase a home with $20,000 in down payment assistance. Dial up Dustin now, 577-2600.